Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You know, quit worrying about this isn't, this is, this isn't, this is source juice. Quit worrying it's about it. It's not fake. <laughs> um, so, I mean... It, Welcome to episode 76 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. Today is June 6th. We are your hosts. I'm Matt. I'm Gus. We're coming to you live with Jesse Parker from Doc Swinson's in Washington State. Jesse, how you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Gus, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm excited to see what we can get into. Same. Our thank our you pleasure. for coming. And for anybody who wants to check us out, you can go to whiskeyandwhitetails.com. Check out our gear. Not, we don't sell gear. You can check out all of our bourbon barrel, handmade <laughs> bourbon barrel products, including our smoker kits. Glenn Karen's all kinds of stuff. And then if you want to get in on the inside scoop, we've got a Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash whiskey and whitetails. And this is also on the Waypoint Network. So thank you to the Waypoint family for having us. Yeah. We have to say that, right? Yeah, I guess we used to have to say that now. We do have to say that now. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> we, so, rec- we recently joined a, a podcast network. Uh, so we have, to, we, have to, we have to plug them now. In the we don't have to. Podcast. We have the joy of plugging. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. That's exciting. It is. It's cool. It's a new age for us. So you guys have sent That's us great. one, two, three, four, five samples, and we're excited to dive Ooh. into it. And before I get started, is there anything anyone should know about Doc Swenson? Is just a if they never heard of you, this is what we are. Yeah, I mean, we we specialize in in finding really great whiskeys uh, or really good whiskeys, and then blending them to make really great whiskeys. That is really our goal here. So leveraging some some really amazing distillers around the country and then manipulating it in the way we want to, to really make something that we think pops and that really represents who we are as a brand uh, and see people seem to be really responding well to it across the nation. That's awesome because we also really enjoy blending. It's one of the things that we do a lot is we will blend whiskeys together to make something that we yes. like. It's Love fun. blending. It's a good That's time. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's really underappreciated here, especially in the United States. I hate to say it. Um, You're uh, right. Everybody talks about the distiller, but the reality is most of us are actually blenders at heart. Yes, <laughs> for sure. That's how the product ends up in the bottle. And blending is way harder of a job than distilling, if I must say. It could be very difficult. I've done both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> blending yep. takes a lot more... Uh, like creative energy out of you, let me tell you. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And what we did like last year, we did these two, we blended our own yep. bottles. And, and also MGP juice, which I understand you, you're familiar with. And very familiar with. It's great. Yes. That was just two, well, it ended up being four little bottles. It took us like 
know, four hours it seemed like, and it was exhausted afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we sampled I don't know twenty, thirty barrels, yeah. and uh, and finally came up with the with we were going to do more than two, but it, in the end of the day, we had two that just really stood out to us, and yep. we. We're like, let's start with 50-50. And we did 50-50, and we were blown away at how good it was. And we're like, all right, we've been here four hours. Let's cut it. <laughs> hey, now welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> I used to take breaks from it. I'm like, okay, not this week. No blending done this week. Got to move on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> got to get the liver break. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So we've got – so before we – well, yeah, let's – now, yeah, what do I do first? I'm going to do the, the, the old – debate sourcing versus distilling. A lot of people, you see that there's a brand that comes out and they go, well, they don't distill, they just source. <laughs> and then it's like, well, I mean, who cares? It's, it's, does it taste good? Do you I mean, do you really care if they distilled it or they blended it? Yeah. And at the end of the day, most distillers blend anyway. So it doesn't really, if they made their own stuff or they got it from somewhere else. So I wanted to dive into that first, just to get it out of the way, sourcing versus distilling. And then we'll get into these samples. Yeah, sure. Um, is there a, should I mostly describe what Doc Swinson does in particular, or is there a specific question that I should maybe target first right off the bat here? Uh, whichever one, but more like, you know, quit worrying about this isn't, this is, this isn't, this is source juice. Quit worrying it's about it. It's not fake. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I don't know. Here's always kind of an example I like to tell people. Um, it's, it's my steak analogy, basically. Uh, most people don't raise their own cows. But they certainly love making their steak and barbecuing that steak. Um, they love seasoning it in the way they do. They perfectly make you know their barbecue, whatever they're doing, at the right temperature, exactly how they want it. Maybe it's a cast iron pan, however you like doing it. The point is, you usually don't raise your own cow. You usually don't go grow your own pepper. Yeah, <laughs> right. Usually don't harvest your own salt. But you might curate the pieces that are the best, for example. So you go and find the, the best steak that you can get, you know, whether it's down at the local butchers, maybe, maybe a family, maybe you go in on a cow, who knows? And then you find the salt that works the best for you. You know, is it something, you know, dug out of the earth? Is it from the sea? You know, you, et cetera. Um, what kind of pepper do you like? What other kind of seasonings do you like? And you create that product or that, that end steak that is absolutely delicious and to die for. And you're probably really proud of that. And a lot of people will think, holy shit, that's good. Yeah. Um, that's what we do. We, we may not distill the bourbon, um, but we still have our hands involved in the entire process. Um, sometimes we, yeah, buy juice that's already, you know, five to 10 years old. Um, we do curate every single one of our blends. So we don't release anything that um, isn't blended at our facility. So for example, you can go buy uh, a bottle of MGP from one group and a bottle of something that's a blend of MGP products from our, us. And they'll taste completely different. Right. So it's really up to what you think is the best um, in, in the end. And we think we do a pretty exceptional job here at Doc Swinson's. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have a company for very long. <laughs> and I agree with you. And it's funny because some companies get away with it and some don't. For instance, you know, name, you know, Smoke Wagon, for instance, it's like huge and it's all it's all source blended stuff. And it's, it just depends on how you how you do it and, and what you get known for. And, and, and Oh, sorry. I'm gonna gonna go ahead. But from a from a business perspective, I feel like it's it's actually really smart, right? Yeah. You're you're not having to um, invest as much money in the overhead costs associated with distilling. You can still get great great whiskey and blend and finish and create phenomenal products that can get to the market a lot quicker uh, without all the you know additional overhead costs and having to wait for distillate to age and all that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's one reason why we got into it. Um, for example, I've worked with plenty of whiskeys that were made before I had a driver's license, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, and I obviously couldn't have done that right, <laughs> without right. sourcing. Um, it's also a, a pretty big part of the whiskey whiskey industry, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a pretty, you know, quite a few famous names out there. A lot of people will say, you know, you know, for example, Johnny Walker, you know where all that comes from, right? Yeah, yeah. right. It's a myriad of different distilleries and it's compiled together to make the best product they can from the inputs they have. Yep. And that's really what we're trying to focus on. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we might not distill and handpick our grains, but we, we do pick our barrels. Um, we do blend the different ages. We do age them differently. Um, we're not just buying the barrels, bringing them here and dumping them. Um, for example, unless it's single barrel, of course, but that is still handpicked. We go through every single barrel and say, this is good for single barrel. Let's use this for this, or this is really out there for this particular client. Cause we know they like something fruitier. Maybe this client likes something spicier. So we, we do go through everything here before it ends up in a bottle. And if it's not good, we don't actually bottle it. And I have proof of that. If you ever show up here, <laughs> <laughs> we'll come drink the stuff you don't want to bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so fair. We should release like a, you know, like a, uh, I don't know, like a don't buy this. edition. Yeah. Don't buy this. Just put the a do not enter <laughs> sign on it. And then I bet you you'll sell it. <laughs> like you probably would. Yeah. I, I think that was compass box. that did that. What, uh, this is not a luxury whiskey and it was quite yeah. expensive. It was like, they did a great job of that. It was yeah. like Elon Musk with the flamethrower. He said, do not, yeah. do not buy this. Yeah. And then they yeah. sold, they sold out in like two days, like 30,000 yeah. flamethrowers. Yeah. Well, I had uh, a, uh, progress barrel pick barrel select from you when I was in, I was in Florida last week. And so that's the, f they don't have Doc Swinton's here. We can't get it in South Carolina. At least I've never seen it anywhere that I shop. But I think we're working on it. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm cool. glad to know that it, it wasn't, a long time. it wasn't because I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm glad to no, know that we, it's not here. We are familiar with how long it can oh, take yeah. to get distribution. So, but I had, that was the first time I had it. And a guy that I was on the trip with, he's a bourbon guy, and, and he actually, he went to a liquor store that had all kinds, I went there the next day, they have all kinds of stuff, and that's what he picked, because he's never heard of it, and I was like, oh, how interesting, I'm actually going to sit down with their head blender, and uh, next weekend, and it's, so, we, <laughs> we sat, we uh, probably drank a little bit too much that day, and then we came back to the hotel, and he was like, you want to taste this or what, and I was like, yeah, so I, I popped it, and did a proper chug right off the bat, and, and I loved it, and I wish I could remember more of, of it, but... But you have, we've got five here in front of us. Yeah. Which ones should we start with? Thank so, you. Um, yeah. So, so of the lineup that you all have, which I'm pretty sure is the same one I have right here sitting here is I usually like to start the rye to be honest, because it is kind of the, the more oddball out the alter uh, ego. Rye. Nice, yeah. There should be, okay. I think it's the Solera method rye alter ego. Yep. Solera pyramid batch number two. Got it. Yeah. That's it. That's always a pretty solid one to start with. Um, I think it kind of wakes the palate up to, some really great flavors, especially because it has more of a, it's a little bit sweeter um, than some of the bourbons actually due to the rum cask finish. And I love a good rye. Um, and it's a little bit lower proof at 95 proof compared to everything else is, is definitely higher than that. So let's read a straight uh, rye aged in rum cask, Solera. What's the pyramid? What's that mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our sales guy loves using that term because it, it gives you a visual, which is, he's not wrong. Um, actually the, the, the setup right behind me is actually a pyramid. Okay. Uh, I know this is recorded, so most people probably can't see it. Um, but this represents, uh, one of the things that originally started the rum cast pyramid. If I can get this camera to actually stay, I don't like being moved. I realized that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
the Solaird method is is a method of um, basically fractional uh, blending that has existed for hundreds of years, primarily out of the sherry industry. Um, quite a few other distilled spirits plants use it as well. It's quite common in uh, like Central and South American rums. And basically the idea is you have a pyramid. On the bottom of the pyramid, you have a whole set of barrels. You know, let's just say there's 10 or something. And you end up taking off a small portion of that, maybe 20%, 15 to 20%. And you batch that together and bottle it. And then you replace that portion you removed from the bottom uh, uh, tier of the Solera with the next row up. Uh, okay. I know how Solera's work. That all the way up. So, yeah. And then you put new product in the top, in, the top. in theory, right? Gotcha. In our case, we don't put new product. We put a blend of two different rye whiskeys, um, which is what you're tasting now, into previously used bourbon barrels that were then used to age rums, a number of different rums, four in this case um for a period of time and that rye whiskey goes into those and that gets emptied into the solera so that was our new make is actually this uh, already finished rye rum product or rye whiskey finished in rum cast that then goes into a solera to be mingled amongst 164 different barrels it's an incredibly complex wow. system wow and it, it's uh, it's about 24 foot tall in the back of our warehouse over here it's quite large. <laughs> so that's one thing I noticed on the alter ego is how many different types of what American oak, cognac, Pedro Jimenez, and then Oloroso, and then you have the fooder. And it's like, I, I'm guessing that's how you do it. Is they're all Solera or so, are those actually so, dumped? Um, the, that, that's actually a couple different products. So the Solera method rye in particular is just ex bourbon cast that held rum for a period of time. And then the rye has gone into them. Okay. There, it's all American white oak, standard ASB barrels um, uh, from a number of different cooperages and regions of the United States. Um, but no, no finishing cast kind of things coming out of Europe or anything like that. Okay. Um, that would be the next product we're actually going to try. All right. Well, back to this rye. Oh, that's good. I like the uh, tinge. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the floral notes, and there is a sweetness to it. I'm guessing the rum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, when we first set out to make a uh, a rum finished rye, we were looking for something that was kind of in the opposite direction of what was really in the market already, which I'm sure most of you are very familiar with, the Angel's Envy. Mm -hmm. There's only a few rum finished ryes, at least when we started, maybe a handful, less than a six or so, um, and we thought it would be fun to take it in a different direction. And that was kind of where I wanted to pull my inspiration from was more uh, bright, um, uh, sweet and or citric like rums. So we work with rums between well, four different nations, mostly Spanish style. So they're a little bit more light bodied um, along with a little bit of Jamaican as well to kind of add some nice fruity characteristics to it. And then age our rye whiskey which is between uh well it's actually all over six years or approximately six years old now in the solera we started when it was only like three and a half which is pretty incredible uh three and a half to six year blend and then everything in there now is about six years old and um we really wanted to to complement the rye some of the characteristics in the rye which is like apples and pears as well um, with really classic um, Caribbean baking spices, you know, cloves, cinnamon, um, nutmeg. Um, and then of course you get that really nice sweetness from the sugar cane itself and the rum. I think it's very so it's good. It's a totally different take than what you've probably ever tried as far as a, a rye whiskey finished in rum. It's cast. way different than uh, Angel's Ember. There's definitely a lot more baking spice to it. Mm -hmm. it which doesn't, I like. It doesn't have that traditional kind of uh, peppery bite that a rye does. 
It has it on the nose, but not on the palate. It's not as hard on the palate. It's much much brighter, which is a a good word you used earlier. And then it's got the uh, a very creamy mouthfeel, which I don't always typically get from a rye either. But it's this is really very enjoyable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we've actually found a lot of people um, who don't like rye whiskeys seem to really like this rye whiskey as well, which is great. I mean, rye whiskeys are one of my favorite whiskeys. It's kind of what got me into uh, American whiskey. And in fact, I like the spicy characteristics. Um, I know it's a turnoff for a lot of people, and I wanted to make something that would kind of be a nice gateway into rye. <laughs> this seems yeah. to fill that gap pretty darn well, actually. Um, so, so this is this is kind of what we we created. It has like an Irish whiskey nose to it almost. Yeah, I like it a lot. It also mixes incredibly well. I know that might be sacrilegious to some people, but let me tell you, this actually beautifully mixes in a cocktail. <laughs> you can make a good Sazerac with it, or if you're feeling you know, it's fall time, uh, hot spice cider, it, it gets everybody's heart going. <laughs> we like whiskey however anyone else likes whiskey. There's no Perfect. judgment here. <laughs> yeah, we like cocktails. We, we'll, you know, If you're in the mood for, uh, we talk about it all the time, sometimes I'm, grilling or barbecue in the backyard and i just want some whiskey with some some sprite or you know and a a tumbler with yeah. some some ice and just something to sip on you know you don't have to i drink sweet tea and bourbon all the time so yeah, <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> true proper southern drink absolutely yeah you gotta enjoy your whiskey right and it, it, it calls for something for every occasion like absolutely um, this I love. This is like a, I always call this the beach whiskey because this is great kicking around on the beaches when it's warm out. Yeah. Um, in fact, it like kind of pulls out some more coconut characteristics from the the, the lactones in the oak. Yeah. When it gets warmer, which is pretty wild um, that you'd never suspect. And I'll nerd out on the uh, things that the oak pulls. Uh, like yeah, as you know, we're pretty big into bourbon barrels. <laughs> we like the wood. <laughs> I think I think you're the only only podcast I've ever been on, or uh, a group like this I've ever been on that actually has real barrels behind you besides oh, yeah. me. So, yep. so thank you, <laughs> real barrels. We work that's with incredible. them every day. We it's it's we, that's kind of how we got into all this is just working with with bourbon barrels. I mean, re, like read yeah. making stuff out of it, and uh, and yeah, we we're also we did the executive bourbon steward class, so we know a little bit about what we're talking about. A lot of people just shoot oh, from the cool. hip. I've learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I know what lactones are. What's that? I said, I know what lactones are. Most people don't, right? Yeah. I mean, why would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something you paint your car with. Right? Yeah. And then <laughs> no, a- no. acetones to clean the car with. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I've checked out your, uh, your 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 swag shop and stuff online. You got to do some really cool stuff with, with barrels. I did check that out. Um, Thanks. I wish I was a, more of a cigar aficionado, but uh, I, some cool, cool... Uh, uh, is it cigar holders, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, we've been yeah. going heavy in the cigar world lately. Yeah, it makes sense. Great confidence, smells great. Uh, yep. I love tobacco and a good bourbon. Oh yeah, uh, the, the smell. I just, uh, I personally don't smoke, so. <laughs> I mean, it's Gus smokes way more than I do, but it's uh, I do enjoy a cigar here and there, but I can't, I can't yeah. smoke a cigar every day. Yes. It's like a special occasion. It's yeah. like a reward. <laughs> yeah. Goes with the steak, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, cigar, steak, and bourbon? Yeah, we're, we're yeah. talking now. Good. We're that's all a, in heaven. That's a good, that's that's a a good night. Yeah. So, so wait. So what's next? Um, yeah, and then one thing to keep in mind about the rye, too, is it's because it isn't a Solera system, it's technically aging until we get rid of the Solera, which, who knows? That could be beyond my life. I have no sure. idea. Um, so it is ever changing, uh, which is one reason why we do put batch numbers on everything too. So, um, as much as we do keep a pretty good con- ion consistency, there are some, some little bit of 
uh, movements and flavor profile as as we we change as well. Do you have coopers on staff? So if the barrel leaks, you fix it, or you just replace barrels? That's, uh, That's mostly me. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I've had the had the privilege of working with a lot of barrels over the the oh gosh almost ten years I've been doing this now, um, and in fact uh, I've recoupered um, all of the fooders that I use for some of our projects as well because they've all been very faulty some when I get them. <laughs> yeah, well, they're gigantic, right? They're 600 Cooper. liters, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're looking, or uh, pardon, uh, uh, we've got uh, 3,000 liter size. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, most of them. So they're, think of a mini Cooper stood up yeah. on its side, and that's how big our barrels are. They use them, them mainly for beer, right? Yeah, and beer cognac. and, you know, cognac yeah. um, is really quite common as well, and in a lot of wines throughout uh, throughout Europe, wow. too. We were doing um, our, so- our background research on Docs was just watching some other, uh, re- like, not anybody interviewing you, but we wanted to see reviews of the whiskey, and it was funny watching them read through the barrels, and they'd get to that one and be like, uh... Fouder? I was like, no, it's, it's, it's a fooder. You never heard of a fooder barrel? It's like, I've heard so many different terms for it too. And honestly, I, I have a tendency of um, making up names and stuff that nobody could pronounce anyways on my bottles. So yeah, I guess it just comes with the territory. I only know it because of Rodenbach. Rodenbach is like yeah. a huge fooder. Um, the fooder the, forest, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, the Cooper's um, part is very interesting um, we went to the Brown Foreman Cooperage and got a tour. We were the fourth people in there yeah. since 2020. Yeah. Wow. So it was like a pretty exclusive tour and it was, it was amazing to watch, you know, and the guys up front that are putting the reeds in and fixing, you know, air leaks and stuff. And they're like, yeah, these, each one of these guys has 20 plus years experience. And to think about what they, cause we take barrels apart all the time, but to watch these guys knock the ring, the hoops off and not. Not <laughs> collapse the barrel, pull a stave out, replace it, and throw. And it's like, man, I don't yeah. know. It's it's just fascinating. It's an art that's, form. It's it's definitely an art form. That that's a lot of talent, and skill, and art form. Um, my barrels fall apart. So, <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Awesome. Um. Yeah. So so we think of the next one here, or yeah, yep. let's do it. All right. So what I usually like to dive into is our, our blenders cut, our straight bourbon whiskey. Oh yeah. Um. It's five years old at a minimum. Uh, actually, some of the future barrels might come out. It was close to six soon. Uh, and it's 115 proof, and it is truly a cast strength product. Um, I use a type of blending technique that we kind of kind of developed here in-house that um, mixes a myriad of different, a huge matrix, basically, of different proof points, uh, as well as flavor profiles that I think will match well together amongst two different mash bills. And then I blend them all so that they reach 115 proof. Nice. Uh, okay. And at most, they might be licked with a hint of water uh, just to be be legal yeah, yeah. <laughs> for bottling strength. But it's usually less than 0.2 proof is what we have to adjust it for, oh, wow. um, which is a, a, an incredibly labor-intensive blending technique, but it allows us to maintain that really nice high proof point. Um, uh, so it stays 115 every single time we release it. And in addition, it maintains its cast strength and the most boldness and flavors. And that's, that's, that was really the goal behind Blender's Cut. And this one's full American oak on the nose. Yeah. And this is the MGP, the 75, 21, four. Yeah, it's the 21 rye and the 36 rye blended together in a, a secretive proportions. Secretive. <laughs> Man, that's some spearmint on the, on the mouth. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm about it. 
most people have a hard time believing it's only five years old we've found. That's usually the commentary we kind of get back from people. A lot of people think it hits more in that seven to nine-year range, seven to eight. Especially in the climate that you're in. it's um, Five yeah. years isn't a long time. And we, do, we do age. Um, the initial portion of the aging is all done in the Midwest, so it has, still has a very nice okay. typical bourbon profile. And then when they reach a certain age, usually it's about four and a half or so, we start moving them into Washington, um, which, yeah, we're very much like Scotland. We're right on the water. We're just south of Vancouver, Canada. Uh, so you get that nice maritime air. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of get that dual uh, uh, dual climate aging thing going on, you know, which yeah. is, adds a really nice mellow kind of creamy characteristic to all of our whiskeys as well. There's definitely a lot of cream to that. I like how much the oak stands out in this. Yeah, we're kind of barrel fiends here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all in good company. So you source from everybody, right? So... We, we do. The majority of the products, in fact, actually everything we're going to be tasting today is all MGP based um, over the course of uh, over four different mash bills, um, two in bourbon and two in rye, of course. Um, they're all quite popular MGP mash bills, but they're all blended. The only thing released that is not blended is, of course, the single barrel. Right, right. That wouldn't make any sense. And then the um, barrels yes, you get from, from everywhere, Independent Stave and Kelvin and, and just whatever you can get your hands on. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mostly whatever we can get our hands on. Um, but a lot of them do come from uh, Speyside. Uh, ISCs yeah. are wonderful. They're like little golden nuggets when I get them. For sure. Um, and then uh, some some nice Kelvins as well, which are some of my favorites, especially for, for our rye. Yeah, the Kelvins are nice. We went to yeah. we did a distillery tour at Peerless, and they had, it's I guess all they get is Kelvins. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really <laughs> nice. It's funny. Sometimes we even get requests for our single barrels because, like, hey, can we just have a Kelvin or an ISC? And I'll be like, mm, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if I can find one that I don't already want. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes no. total sense. Uh, we do get that request quite often. You know, that seems to be the kind of the new, the new thing is what what cooperage. You know, what is the the provenance of the oak? Um, really? is, is pretty important. We're finding that more often. Yeah, um, everybody likes that is, Missouri wood. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's some of the best. Yeah. It's so tasty. It's got great flavors. Yeah, we learned a lot about the wood that uh, one tree can only make three barrels, and then um, it's like the bottom three sections of the tree, then the top yeah. goes to flooring and everything. But yeah. they, they were saying like a tree right next to the other, like two trees standing next to each other will create different profiles. Yep. I mean, well, for example, I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. Um, when picking out all the single barrels, I go through every single barrel that comes through here and allocate some of them directly towards single barrels. You know, if we produce, you know, 200 a year, for example. I'll go through all those barrels and I'll taste them all back to back. I have a huge sampling kit. I have them pre-pulled uh, and I'll go through and I'll allocate. And these are, for example, we'll have a whole, you know, 200 barrels or so that are all from the exact same production day. Yeah. And each and every single one of those barrels. So theoretically, they're all basically next to each other in the Rick house. They're yeah. all the same age, everything. Totally different. Yeah. Yep. Completely wild, uh, which which is great. That's what makes my job quite entertaining, especially when it comes to blending, because you can really, you know, um, pull from certain areas to create a, a new flavor. And it um, keeps you employed because they can't just go, okay, well, we know that these two barrels create this. So next time right. I get these two barrels, we don't <laughs> we don't need Jesse anymore. We can just blend these two barrels together. And they're like, well, this tastes like crap. It's like, yeah, because you need Jesse. That's, I mean, hopefully that's what they think, right? Well, if that's not, <laughs> I'll, I'll write them a letter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I love this. This is really good. I'm not going to be able to drink all these. 
No, no, and feel free. I, I'm not offended if you got to dump them out, whatever. Uh, no, no, they won't. They won't get dumped out. No, we'll put them back in the uh, in the thing. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that before it gets thrown out for sure. Yeah, although if, if we drink them all, we got to call Ubers, and then like the wives <laughs> get mad, and they got to bring us back up here, and you know. <laughs> I had a question for you. You have um, yeah. you sort of categorize your releases by flagship, which I think is pretty straightforward, right? That's your sort of flagship product that you're trying to release consistently, but then you yeah. also have exploratory and rare. How do you how do you make your decision to what what those are going to be? So, so just, just to clarify, we've changed up some marketing terms over oh, okay. the last few years. We, we were building this brand really just kind of as we go, to be honest, it's, it's entirely done in house. Um, <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I designed the labels for example. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we've kind of solidified our, our lines and our, our main one is our alter ego line, okay. which are the, which is the first one we tried. Um, and then we have our, our blenders cut line. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the second one we just tried, the the bourbon. And those fall under our core line. So we have three core products, soon to be a fourth actually, that in theory will be released as often as often as the market wants it to be mm-hmm. uh, and as widespread as we could possibly get it. Um, and that'll be made up of two ryes and two bourbons. Uh, one of each will be finished and the other two will be straight, a blend. Um, and then we have our uh, exploratory cast line, which is really whenever we feel like releasing it, um, okay. depending on exactly how it tastes when we batch them, um, they could range anywhere from you know, 30 cases all the way up to a, a thousand, just depending on what we produce and when we want to release it. Gotcha. And that's where we really get to play though. So we may never release some of those products again. Okay. Um, that's where we find some pretty rare barrels, you know, from somewhere overseas, or maybe it's a new, a nice toasted line. Maybe it's a, uh, what we're going to try at the end of this, oh, yeah. <laughs> some cool. exclusive products. Um, and then rare is kind of a subsect of exploratory where we come across a really great selection of barrels. Yeah. Um, typically it is just old barrels that, which are virtually impossible to find anymore. Sure. Um, so that's that, you know, uh, the only rare release we've ever done is actually our 15 year bourbons. Okay, cool. Oh, wow. 15. How, how hard is it to get those? Or is that in shop only? Do you guys have an open store? Uh, we, we, we don't actually, well, we, sorry, we, we have an online store. Um, yeah. I don't think we have any 15 year in it at all. Um, but is, is that what you meant by that? Where do we get Yeah. Can I walk in and buy a 15 year? Oh, unfortunately, no, I can't <laughs> even buy it. No, <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, I wish, uh, yeah. no, we actually released most of our 15 year almost two years ago. Oh, um, wow. that's kind of what sky skyrocketed doc Swinson's into, you know, the, mostly the Reddit community and people such as yourselves who really appreciate whiskeys. Um, and it was, a, it was a great shout out to the little teeny blender in the Pacific Northwest called Doc Swinson's. Yeah. And we had to follow it up with something. And yep. that's, that's when we started releasing the, the core lines, um, to be honest. And that's mostly because I, it's pretty rare that I ever get, uh, to find something, uh, you know, it's older than eight years old anymore. Oh sure. yeah. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. the, the market has been sucking barrels out of warehouses, um, probably prematurely. Yeah, it's basically gone. Um, we, we're pretty fortunate enough, but we have another side of our business that focuses on private label for like grocery store groups and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, so we, I also have a lot of experience in blending. You name it. <laughs> yeah. 
anything flavored vodkas rums high end low end i've done quite a lot of it actually um which which is pretty fun too to be honest and a lot of people don't know that about our company um but our true love is doc swinson's that's where the four of us who 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 really started the the company um got together and we just made a couple barrels a year and that was it and now it's grown into something where we're you know processing more than a thousand barrels a year right now wow so Hold yeah. on one second. We're going if to you know anybody that's got 15 year bourbon, please give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping when you're ready for your next system log on to midwayusa.com we're gonna turn this uh there we go sorry i, I had discord open it was yeah, uh making beeps beeps and notifications <laughs> yeah if we find any 15 year bourbon we'll uh probably keep it for ourselves but i'll i'll, I'll we'll, send you half the barrel we'll let you know we found perfect. it perfect hey <laughs> that's more than i actually anticipated i figured that was exactly what would come out of everybody's mouth so i'll just keep it for money <laughs> which is totally understandable because i'd probably do the same dude i'll share i'll send uh, you half i'll send you half. fair enough um yeah we just don't find that that much um but but if you're interested in in looking for especially specialty releases we tend to hold back a number of cases a pretty small number of cases and sell on our online store only um which is uh you can find it at docswhiskey.com or docswhiskey.com um and uh, you just go to i think it said bottle shop is what it's called and you can go and click and see what we have available and order and if you're in i believe it's 39 of the states we could ship to um, if not, hopefully you have a friend in one of those states. Yeah. And, uh, or you can go to, to discord.com slash whiskey and and you can join up. Or maybe, maybe there's somebody <laughs> in one of those states that can help you. <laughs> it's all about community, about man. community. It's all about community. It's who you know. Yep. What you can Sharing, get. sharing little bottles. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Quite a bit. All right. What are we doing next? Uh, next. Yeah. So we're going to dive into the Ultra Eagle Triple Cask, which is a straight bourbon whiskey finished in cognac. Um, and two different sherry casks, so Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez sherry, um, which is something that that uh, um, really takes a lot of my attention up because I have to go through every single barrel, and each batch is specifically uh, a blend of barrels that I think would complement each other the Stay most. Dry. It's also part of our core line, so in theory, you should be able to find it quite often. The triple cask, and this is, as you said, just to read it back, Pedro Jimenez sherry, Oloroso, cognac, oh. and this is a 95.8. Yep. It's got, it's pretty thick. It's got a really nice kind of dessert quality to it as well. Oh yeah. The sherry actually pokes out, uh, a pretty good amount. Oh wow. And I have yet to learn how to pull French oak flavors out. So I had a question. So it goes in a French oak and an American oak and a Pedro Jimenez and a sherry barrel, or do you have barrels made of staves of all those things? No, no. So uh, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for what I call large format aging. So I use a mixture of barrels anywhere from 200 liters all the way up to 600. And most of these are 600 liters, and they were commonly used in systems that had sherry or cognac in them for over 20 years. Oh, oh wow. uh, and I bring those barrels straight in from Europe. Um, 
you know, evaluate them here once they get here and then fill them with bourbon. And then I pull my selections you know, several months down the road for this blend. Um, so no, they are, they are not recoupered barrels or anything like that. They come directly from the, the, uh, the producers in Europe and, and to my door, uh, which is a headache, <laughs> but it's great when it happens. Right. <laughs> well, now I got a question and I'm going to, I'm going to blow a spot here. That's going to, um, tickle some nerves. So if a company like, I don't know, Good Times Bourbon were to make a blended bourbon that's a sherry cask or whatever, and they somehow do it in like a week, um, what's going on there? Um, you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I, I hate to say this, I don't pay as much attention to maybe uh, uh, other producers out there as, as, a, as, well, I'm just as saying, a lot of people. As um, you, you said it takes months, but this guy's doing it in a week. How is that possible? <laughs> So I, I guess my simple answer to that would be everybody has a different perspective of how long something should finish for. I mean, there's some incredible blenders out there that say no more than 45 days, you'll ruin it. There's other blenders out there that'll say years. That's what you want. Um, what I've found is every barrel is going to tell you it's truth in time. And so you just keep paying attention. Uh, we're, we're in a really great size point where we're big enough to have Doc Swinson's across the country and in a couple, a couple other countries so far. Uh, and I can still pay that much attention to it yeah, <laughs> uh, and not be just completely drunk out of my mind all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just have a tasting schedule to be honest. And I kind of just go through and pick out all the barrels that I think would work the best, but I, I personally am a fan of more time, the better. Um, but that doesn't work for every product I've, I've also found over the years. Like I said, we, we only bottle stuff when we believe it's truly good and ready um, if not, we won't bottle it. And I do have examples of that, that, uh, you know, I've, I've made, made my, my calls on and maybe they aged a little too long. Um, but in the case of this, um, our, our, our large format casts are a lot more mellow than you would with a smaller cast, right? You have less surface area in contact with the whiskey itself. Um, therefore it tends to, um, kind of mm, allows more oxidative characteristics to happen to the whiskey, which is great. Um, it kind of helps round out the flavor profiles without shocking it too much because they are a larger cast typically. And I usually err on the side of between 45 days and upwards of a year. Oh. So, and every barrel is different. Like I said, and I can't stress that enough. Um, I don't just fill them for 45 days and dump them out and batch it. I know a lot of people do do that. As far as a week, that's particularly short. I have no idea. Um, if that's what they have, great. My guess um, is they're adding flavoring to it and they're adding sherry to it and they're doing those things. I don't think they're getting that flavor from the barrel. I don't, not in a week. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, sounds right. Right. <laughs> I mean, you've all blended stuff. Like you said, have you ever just taken a bottle of uh, Pedro Jimenez sherry and put it, you know, a couple drops in some whiskey? Well, yeah, I've done it with it sherry. Works. I've put sherry in bourbon. Yeah. And, you, and it tastes delicious, but you yeah. know, that's not what I'm it's paying a cocktail. for. Cocktail. I can, exactly. Saying yeah. that's all I was trying to get at. Yeah, I get you. Everybody has their different opinions yeah. on it. I, I, I am, I'm a romantic at heart. So give me time, man. I want all the time in the world. Trust me. I don't know if my accountants always love it, but that's okay. Um, well, I like your they, style. They're good with it. And to be fair, a lot of, a lot of my techniques and, and, and where I've learned a lot of my knowledge really came from um, primarily uh cognac for example in sherry industries so i tend to lean on what what these people have done for hundreds of years and try and adapt that to american whiskey and that's that's where a lot of my technique has come from do you hold your glass that way too i do not okay <laughs> <laughs> pretty classic yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's the move what do you think about this one it's uh i've been trying to on the nose i get this sweet something and i can't 
I don't know why it reminds me of um, like cake icing because I don't know that's probably not accurate if that makes sense. But it's just it's sweet. Everyone's taste and profile is different. Yeah, so you can taste and smell whatever you like. That's true. I think one of the biggest things that was ever told to me when I was a kid was you should just tell people what you actually believe it tastes like. I happened to, when I was a kid, grew up um, uh, spending some time with a, a good friend. We would spend time in a, a Traverse City, and and his uh, aunt was a grand sommelier, and she used to say, just speak up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because the reality is we all do taste different. Um, and some people really know their stuff, but don't be too afraid because the reality is you will pull out different characteristics that you'll be familiar with. And yeah. the more you do it, like anything, you'll start understanding it even better and better. Yeah. When we teach classes, we tell people, don't don't give me flavors. Tell me what it reminds you of. Think of something yeah. that's happened in your life. What does that make you think of? And usually there's I mean, a flavor you can find in there. Absolutely. I mean, that's 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 really probably one of the coolest things about uh, um, uh, your sense of smell, right? And sense of taste is they're arguably some of the most underappreciated senses and yeah. because they actually are some of the strongest senses you have. And they directly were linked to memories, yep. which is absolutely insane. Um, not much else really does that. Well, quite to the same scale. They'll say stuff like, it reminds me of uh, grandma's house and she makes yeah. shortbread cookies. And I was sort of like, there you go. See, now you're talking dusty old woman smell and yeah. shortbread <laughs> cookies. Like you're getting some smells in there. Like that's that's what you're smelling. So take that memory and, and just dive in and, and run work it. through it together. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what makes it fun, right? I mean, it's, it's like Absolutely. reliving these deep memories and be like, oh yeah, totally. Oh, this was a cool time. And who doesn't love going down memory road once in a while? I mean, everybody exactly. does it, even if nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> I mean, we want to hear it. That's, that's the favorite thing about like the, the whole background of the company is like, we go to hunt clubs and we just sit around a fire and talk. And it's like, you taste a whiskey and you're like, man, this reminds me of the first time my dad took me hunting and then tell me that story. And it's a cool story, you know, and you leave, you know, I love it. Yep. Love it. Absolutely. I I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm a hunter by any means, but I, I used to go as a kid once in a while. Um, I learned a lot about uh, um, just, just archery. I wouldn't say bow hunting. I never did any of it. I always thought it'd be neat, but uh, I did go to a few, few, uh, you know, invited some friends, you know, hunts and whatnot. And it was great just kicking around the fireplace and having all these amazing stories from people. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. I mean, it's what's a better place to do it. Well, it's also like primitive, you know, it's, it's carnal yeah. nature that we used to sit around and uh, we'd hunt together and then sit around at night and yep. cook food and have campfire. And that's what brought people together and, and made your tribe strong. Cause you had these bonds at night where you're drinking meat or whatever. Yeah. And uh, before just distillation and, and yeah, it's like, it's, it, you know, you bring somebody into that that's never been to it and they sit down and they experience it. They're like, I totally get it. I completely <laughs> yeah. understand what you're, what you're doing now. It's like, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, especially and whiskey really adds to that, I think, because it, it is already quite, it's, it is quite a natural uh, process and everything that has to do with it comes from the earth. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you get all those characteristics out of it. Um, wine calls it terroir, right? I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. Right. Um, you're picking up the, the dirtiness, you know, from the oak. I mean, none of these barrels, especially in whiskey are very clean, no, which is no. great. We yeah. like that. We want that flavor to be imparted in the whiskey. You know, the grain itself. I mean, everything is, is incredible. We also tell everybody that who you are as a person is probably two drinks deep. Who you are walking around. <laughs> so we're on number three, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. It just, it lives you up. You start talking and, and you forget yeah. kind of like. Yeah. All those little. The social constructs that we have to yeah, adhere those, to. And, those little and, walls that we yeah. put up because we don't want to come across this way or that yeah. way. Their little insecurities t- tend to tend to fade away and. Uh, you stop sucking your gut in, you know, and you kind of just relax yeah. and just. <laughs> I get it. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> same. Same. 
Oh man, that's that's wonderful. Um, yeah, and uh, if, if you're ever curious, uh, you know where to find our products too. Hopefully, we'll be in South Carolina soon for the record. But uh, our website, Docs Whiskey, also has a locator on. You can type in your zip, and it should pop up some some areas near you. Hopefully, cool. Well, we're looking forward to uh, it showing up here. These last two, so these are the Y'all two new ones, trip. right? Well, we can make a trip to you. Oh, absolutely. Don't need, cool. d- Seriously, don't, you're all welcome to. We don't have a taste room or anything like that, but I'll gladly show you through the warehouse and, you know, pull some samples right out of the barrel, you know, you could try. And uh, we're working on a whole new line of finishing casks, so. You make um, a half day of it and we're there. Oh, it'll be a full day. I already know me, so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're all in on a Done. full day. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's an easy perfect. sell. <laughs> yeah, that'd be perfect. Absolutely. So these next two are uh, no one's had before. We're the first ones ever. Yes, Yes, basically. Um, (laughs) First, any kind of tasting. Yeah, actually, yeah. In fact, we just pulled these out of the the batches this week and then wrapped them up and sent them to you last minute. I handed it myself, in fact, because I was like, oh, these guys got to try these. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're very excited about that. To be honest with you, uh, I thought... I thought she was exaggerating a little bit when she she kind of explained that in the email. It's like, oh well, I'm sure they've sent it to other people, and I'm sure that's been tasted and passed around. They a little may bit. have, but for this podcast, we're the first <laughs> ones. <laughs> uh, well, you're definitely the first podcast that has certainly tried it. I can tell you that. Cool. Um, so you're on that one. Um, I did a little tasting a week or so ago with one of these, um, and it's uh, it's uh, they're both rise. It was the one, the, the Jamaican rum cask one. I, I did a tasting with a group of people recently, um, private tasting. And otherwise, the other one, nobody's tried to step us around here. Cool. Well, we you would know, like to yes. also set up a private tasting with you for our Patreon guys. So it, yeah. we'll, we'll set that up after we don't do it now. But, yeah. So if That'd you're hearing excellent. this and you're not in Patreon, you should uh, hook it up because it's coming. All right. That sounds great. So Can one? I pick which one we do first or do you need, do you need us to do it in your order? Um, well, I'll tell you what, read the labels and tell me what one you think might overtake the other one. <laughs> All right. Let's, so we got smoke on water. It's rye whiskey finished in scotch quarter cast. And then we have funky drummer, which is rye whiskey. So I think that the scotch is going to overtake probably the go Jamaican. Last. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only cause I, I guess I didn't put on the label, but that is a peated scotch quarter cast. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, All right. Well, let's go with the Jamaican. That rum. goes last. <laughs> Was I did I, I guess right? Suggestion because people just taste that one a lot. And they're like, oh, that's still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna taste that one tomorrow morning. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Actually, it goes great with breakfast. I had I can confirm that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with yeah, scotch, right. scotch and breakfast. <laughs> Winston, scotch and eggs. You Winston, ever had a scotch? Winston egg? Churchill breakfast. Yeah, Winston yeah, Churchill has scotch every morning. <laughs> All right, I'm a huge fan of rye whiskey and Jamaican cast. Just before we even get into it, right on. Fan, huge fan. Every time I see one, I buy it. And he does. I can, I can, I can he, attest. It's a, it's a problem because I love Jamaican <laughs> rum. Like, yes, dude. It's, it's a hidden thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. Everyone wants to put up there and fly their whiskey flag, but deep down inside, <laughs> they all, they all like rum. They just don't know it yet. You like Amen rum? That. You love rum? I love so rum is actually the, the, the my originally my first spirit of choice. It was what my dad drank. I loved it as a kid. Uh, my parents were relatively liberal about alcohol, if you can imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with rum at a pretty young age. Um, I blended some rums before. Um, have you ever had Frigate Reserve? I have not. Oh, no, sorry. I have. I had the opportunity to taste that a couple, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, a couple of years ago in California, actually. They have like an 8, mentioned. a 12, and a 21. Do you know which one you had? 
Oh, you're kidding. No, it's probably like an eight or something. I'm going to send you some of the 21. You have to try it. This is the bourbon drinkers rum. It's like our favorite rum on the planet. Yeah. I was really on on the fence about, about rums and it was, it was, I could take it or leave it. And then we did a podcast with one of the gentlemen that found the company and we drank the 21 year for that podcast. And it is unbelievable like it's it's one of the it's one of the few rums that i can just pour neat into a glass and just just drink it and enjoy it like it is what's like you know madeira sometimes you crave madeira you know and you're like i'm just gonna pour me a glass of madeira real quick i crave this 21 sometimes i'll come home like i just want one glass of this 21 frigate reserve it's 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 don ponchos is who it is whoa no way huh yeah i'm gonna send you i'll I'll send you more I'll send you a couple of little. I'll send you like four or six ounces of it. We we did it. I'd be honored to. I love rums. Um, it's it's something that hopefully uh, uh one one day in my future I'll get to get to blend rums. And we uh, did like a really blend rums. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We did a we, we did the podcast with with him. Um, he tells the story about how they how they got to their the you know the sourcing and, and basically flying to they fly or. Yeah, they flew to Panama to meet him, didn't know who he was. The guy didn't speak English, and then they had a translator, and he's talking to the translator, and they they brought out a bunch of stuff for him to taste, and he was like, this is what I want. And they tell him, and then Don Pancho, like, looks at him and goes, that's mine. Why do you like mine? So he spoke English the whole time, but they talk about, like, dropping off cases out in the middle of the ocean, and they got to go pick it up because they can't import it because it doesn't have tax stamps on it. It's like, it's a wild (laughs) story. Yeah. I'll send you some in. You'll love it. That would be. I, I would love that. I I'm a huge fan of exchanging uh, whiskeys and rums when, when I can because uh, that helps Perfect. me as a blender too to understand it. Oh yeah. Um, especially when you know Washington doesn't have always the best selection of, of these things either, so it's a little bit hard unless I'm out and about. This well, I hope this one fantastic. stands up for you and, and you like it. And this is 106 proof. That's probably the one of the higher proof uh, Jamaican rums I've had. Yes, this is actually this is um. So the very first one we tried, that rye whiskey oh, is a wow. blend of two rye mash bills, 95 and 51 MGP. Um, it's five years old, and it's it's it actually diluted down with some water to about 103 proof, which was a, a very typical, what we call the golden proof back in the day, about, about 100 years ago or so. Um, it it uh, really aids, the water aids in, in pulling out certain parts of the oak that you normally wouldn't get at a higher proof. Uh, and then it's, it's placed in these, uh, freshly dumped Jamaican rum casts. And I love these casts cause I'll be honest when I, when I get them, I get them so fresh. Usually I could get some rum out of them, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is, which is great for the, for the rye. And, and they typically age anywhere from, uh, four to eight months in these Jamaican rum casks. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Man. And this one will be coming out soon in June. Or we'll be bottling in June, should be hitting market shelf somewhere in July, end of July. Um, and I, I fortunately don't exactly know where it'll be going, but like I said, there's some limited quantities on our website. Um, Can we get an email drop on that? On when they'll be yeah, available actually, on the website? Yeah, that's another thing on our website. If you sign up for what's called the Cool Kids Club. <laughs> yeah, he, saw, he mentioned that earlier. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I designed the website years ago and I just made up random names and somehow it's stuck. It works. Um, so we... The Cool Kids Club, you can put your uh, email in there and we should be able to drop when things are coming on, kind of where they are too. Cool. Um, at least that's, that's the goal. Um, we're a pretty teeny company, so things don't always happen exactly how we want them to. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. It's good to be small and be popular than it is to be big and be swamped. Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling swamped these days, which is great. It's good news. People are yeah, yeah. taking the whiskey in a great way. So you're running 
10 hour days. Are you, are you up to that yet? Uh, I don't think I've done something less than what feels like 14 hour days in the last two and a half years. Good. I'm glad to hear <laughs> it. To, to be fair, I work hard and I like to play hard. I'm, I'm really into outdoor activities. So being into the sailing and snowboarding and stuff like that. So oh, cool. sailing is cool. Yeah. In the Northwest, if you don't do it, there's something wrong with you. I don't know. Really? <laughs> I spent a summer uh, in to the, be fair, most people almost never go sailing. They just have a boat if they're lucky enough to do that. Um, but, uh, I grew up on an Island and just really loved it. It's a place of peace, but it's also incredibly challenging mentally and physically. So I, I do it. recommend it if you can sometime. Yeah. Stay away from the boom. Yeah. You know why they call it a boom, right? Cause it'll hit your head. And it makes the sound called boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Every to, time somebody news on a boat, we're like, okay, this is why it's called this. Trust me. Yeah. Keep your head down. You yeah. Yeah. I learned on really small little boats, like single pilot boats. Um, but even oh, that, those broomsticks spin around, hit you in the neck and, and you'll learn real oh, absolutely. quick. Absolutely. That's the same thing. I learned on those things too. I've flipped quite a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they, uh, they, they make, uh, when you're kids, they make little helmets for you. You could wear a bike helmet, they Damn, recommend, because people didn't get whacked by them. Yeah, I didn't get a helmet. Yeah, yeah, they didn't give me one either if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> Brain injuries are fun. Yeah. It makes you a more interesting <laughs> adult. <laughs> well, I love this. This is fantastic. This is very good. Yeah, and this one's called Funky Drummer. Um, I, I'd show you a label, but I don't even have one of those yet. So It's um, a great name. Our, our CFO is really into music. So a lot of our bottles will, uh, between him and I, we usually name our products and, and, uh, he usually drops some really great, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, odes to famous musicians. Yeah. Funky drummer goes, goes well with a, a Jamaican rum. Yeah. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. it. What do these QR codes on the bottles do? Uh, they just take you to our website. So okay. if you want to sign up for the cool kids club, find our bottle shop or look for a bottle near you, um, just, uh, you know, use your phone, pop open the QR and it'll take you right to the homepage and you can navigate pretty easily to there. And for those listening and watching, you can go to the description at the bottom. We will have links to everything as well as information Ooh. on every single bottle that we've tasted. And we have one Thank more you. left where we're getting into the peat. So before we get into that, Whiskey awards. I want to talk whiskey awards. All right. So if you get an award as a, so I guess my point is I see so many of them and I'm like, who are, who are these people? Like they got gold by whatever. So I'm like, well, what if we just did the whiskey and wine tells whiskey awards and we pick our favorite, we send you an award and you, and you can put it on your website. We got the whiskey and white tells little urban achievers award. That's a big Lebowski joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. But uh, you totally could. We get bombarded with people trying to submit or get us to submit balls all the time. We're like, we've never heard of this award group. That's what I thought. It's like a thousand dollars. And we're like, ah, what a great business model. What if we do it for free? We just do it for free. We'll just send you a gold trophy. It's not real gold, obviously. I mean, copper. It's understandable. So these these organizations just. Yep invite you to give them money for an exchange for an award. That's what I thought was going on. Yeah. Because I wonder if there's a difference between a blender and a distiller getting an award. So a distiller like gets best whiskey of the year, but can Jesus, a distiller gets best whiskey of the year, but can a blender get best whiskey of the year from a category that a distiller would get? I guess that was my question. Every, every, uh, and to be fair, some of them are, are, are some of the, some of the awards are, uh, uh bodies are, um, 
really great and incredibly dedicated to what they actually do. So they're really worth listening to. And then some of them, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of the ones people have heard of are, are really reputable. That's what I keep looking for here. Okay. Are incredibly reputable groups. And they, they pull from a lot of the people that, um, uh, you know, are, are, are well-regarded in the industry as excellent tasters or blenders or people sometimes actually in the industry, which is incredible, you know, actually on the blending side. So it is worth sometimes paying attention to. Um, and, uh, the, the question, I, I guess the answer I have for your question is every, every award group or award body does it a little bit differently. I've noticed. Um, so a lot of them don't specify non-distiller versus distiller. A couple of them do, but most don't do that. They really just judge the juice based on the juice, which is the way it should know, be. Is, is the whiskey good? Yes. No. Here's yeah. what we think it's worth. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how most of them go, which does mean something, you know, if, if you're, if you're batting in those, you know, golds, double golds, platinums, et cetera, you're probably doing pretty well. Um, there's a lot of whiskeys, for example, that don't even make the cut for a metal either. Yeah. And that just don't even get mentioned. Um, so if you're, if you're doing, if you're batting high in those and you're doing it consistently, then you, you probably worth checking out more often than not. Well, we at Whiskey My Tells are going to don you, Jesse Parker, with, Perfect. Blender of the century for the Whiskey and Whitetails Award. <laughs> so there you go. I'll, I'll take it. No, yeah. I love it. I add, love that, it. add that to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. I could do that <laughs> if I ever find that password again. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, no kidding. I think the only place I can get into it is my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, cause I don't yeah know me too, because it just saved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, that works. And then I get an alert. Like, oh, by the way, this password is not secure. Yeah. It's, it's been scraped. <laughs> so as we pour this one this is the smoke on the water and this is the rye whiskey finished in the scotch quarter cast 114.2 proof and this is the exploratory cask yes we've never released this one before um just like the the funky drummer um in fact releasing i think it's uh it's eight new exploratory casts i believe is what i'm going to put out in the next two months nice. um and they're, they're pretty small they're only 80 80 about 80 to 200 cases or so each. That's it. Um, and those are six pack cases. So it's even smaller than you think. Yeah. Um, this one in particular was a harebrained idea. I'm a big fan of, uh, smoky things. I really like a good smoked scotch from time to time, you know, a good peated scotch. And I've always wanted to play with it as a finishing cask. And for years I was pretty nervous about it because you can imagine either people usually love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how is it going to affect, uh, uh, something a little bit more delicate or sharp, like in a, like an American whiskey uh, sure. compared to something that's all malt based. And, um, I got my hands on a couple quarter casks. Um, and I, I tell you the name, but I can imagine you can figure it out pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch quarter casks. There's yep. only one place that does it to my knowledge. Um, and I thought the rye would be the most balanced with it, to be honest. Um, so this is utilizing the same rye whiskey, um, that was in the first one you tried. So a blend of two different mash bills, um, uh, watered down to, or proof down to 103 proof, and then, um, put in these, uh, X quarter casks, uh, Peter Scotch quarter casks for approximately eight months. Um, they all vary. Once again, I don't just put a time on it and go, I, I pick each barrel and when I feel like they're ready to, so this one's a little bit hairbrained and it, out there but it it's picked up that iodine yep i don't hate the nose i'm not a huge peated fan i do like it from time to time but i feel like it carries over to the next day like a cigar it does yeah it's, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why i i, I like cigars when i was a little bit younger i love the smell of them 
but from a distance um, for the same reason, because it just made everything taste like a cigar the next day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yep. That's crazy how much it picked up in only eight months. I mean, it really pulled that peat flavor out of it. Or the nose. In fact, anyway. you want to hear something even more wild? It actually mellowed out. Mm. Um, the first few months, it was much more peat, uh, much more that reek characteristic coming through. And then it's actually quite mellowed out. And you, I guess you should tell me about the flavor. That is actually... That well, is interesting. That is not um, what I expected. It's better than I, I expected to not like it. But I actually... In, Hold on. Before I say I like it, let me drink yeah. it again. Chew on this one for a while. I think this is what I always classify as a chewy whiskey. you got to hang out with it for a period of time and let it kind of, you know, let yourself melt down to it a little bit. It is fascinating how that, that iodine Band-Aid flavor, it like starts here and just wraps around your mouth and kind of envelops your mouth, but it still has that rye to it. And it pairs, for some reason, it pairs very well. I wanted to hate it. I was going to, I fully <laughs> intended on talking shit right on here, but. It's totally fair. You know, I, I like it for, for doing it if you didn't like it. I know a lot of people don't like this particular kind of characteristic. And it's it's something I've wanted to try for a long time. Dude. And I felt, felt like it was the time to release a couple of these yeah. casts and, and see what people thought. So some, sometimes, well, a lot of times the the flavors that those medicinal flavors that come that are synonymous with, with Pete, they're just so overpowering. This one fades like the, I, the, the Pete flavors are starting to go away. It's just, it's just enough that it's enjoyable. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not overpowering. Um, but like you said, it pairs well with the, with the typical rye notes as well. Um, this is really good. I I gotta be honest with you here. I, so we got, you guys sent us two of each. And we've been splitting, so we save the other five for Patreon. And so I swear to God, hand I swear to God, this is what I said. I before we even started this, I got a Patreon. And I said, guess what? We got double samples, and so we're gonna figure out how to give these away. And I said, who likes peated Scotch rise? Because the first person that said I like them, I was gonna send them the bottle. Surprise! Nobody's getting that. I'm keeping that. <laughs> Cheers to that statement. That's fantastic. I think so, yeah, this it's, is really good. You just yeah, it's, it's so you just really got to chew on and um, so something that also we do here at Docs and what I really pride myself on is keep in mind under the exploratory cast series I'm learning through this process right I'm I'm subjecting uh, different whiskeys to different kind of casts based upon what I I truly believe I think they will do the best in I'm pulling them when I think they're really quite good now. Keep in mind, I like to push things more and more and more. Like I want to let them sit in the barrel longer. I want them to rest longer. I want them to marry longer. And sometimes you end up with different flavor profiles that you didn't expect when you started. And sure. what I'm really trying to say is there's points in time during this aging that now I know I will pull them at different rates compared yeah. to what I did for this round. Right. So this particular release is going to be, in my opinion, this is more savory. And then I, the next time I do this, if, People don't reject the bottles. I don't think people will. I think you're you're, you're giving me my affirmation here. To be to be honest, uh, gentlemen, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to focus on something that I found during the last eight months, and then there's a, a fruitier characteristic that is incredibly inviting as well. If you could um, get so them focus on that in the next round, if you can get them to buy the bottle, they will like it. Your issue is going to be getting them to buy it. That's that's the only right. thing. But once they taste it, they're going to love it. I'm going to tell you what I uh, just. Because I like to think, what food could I pair this with? I immediately think this is going to sound weird because I've never done it before. But 
pork chop with pear preserves on top of the pork chop. And this, I think, would be a fantastic meal. Because I get like the a weird, not quite pear, but like that yeah. that genre of summer fruit on yep. top. And I think for some reason, just yep. like a smoked pork chop with pear preserves, I think it would be really good. I mean, that makes me hungry. I'm not even kidding. I might have to, I'm going to try that one. Because that's the truth. The rye whiskey um, has a lot of those kind of fruit character, fruit, heavier fruit characteristics in it. Yep. And I, I figured that would balance beautifully with, um, with the smoke and a, a, a treat I used to have when I was younger was we had a lot of Italian plums and you ever put them on the barbecue. Oh yeah. They're phenomenal. Yes. It's the weirdest thing you never think about. It. Do it. Gotta try it out. It's a really good plums, sugary. Throw them on the barbecue. Really hot barbecue. They'll caramelize. They're really tasty. Sounds awesome. It's like figs. Um, yeah. That's kind of what's that? Figs? I've done it with figs. I have a fig tree in my yard. I've grilled yeah, them, we, and they are good. Oh, I, I, I gotta try that one. I haven't tried that one yet. You I should do a fig thing. old fashioned. Turn it into a uh, simple syrup. Yeah, that's. Oh, you're good. kidding? No, no it's dude, delicious. It's money. Okay. All right. See, this is why these things are great. I learned so much. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All we do is experiment. I think, I think whiskey by itself is, is fine, but it honestly, like it's been, I've been drinking it for years, you know, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Like it gets boring. You know, how many times can I drink, you know, something out of the bottle? So it's, uh, in order to keep it interesting, I I experiment a lot. I'm actually, when I get home tonight, I'm pulling, uh, rose petals, I have a rose. I'm going to pull the rose. I'm going to pull full buds off the rose. And uh, I got a new ice maker. And I'm going to put the rose in the ball ice makers and make clear ice with the rose in it. Oh, beautiful. And I have, um, I'm going to add uh, Agnostora bitters to it. So as it as it melts, you'll get the rose petal kind of flavor. Like, I, you know, I just like plant. Who knows what that's going to yeah. taste like, but I'm going to find out. Well, you obviously make good blenders because you well, one, you've done it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two, you like to experiment. That's that's really, I mean, that's that's what I'm doing. And and that's it's having, yeah, sometimes the access to it and the 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 willingness to move forward and try something and also fail. Um, that kind of makes the difference. And honestly, if I could recommend anything to anybody, I imagine you might all agree, um, try different things. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do it. Like, like for all the listeners out there, which I, I imagine your listeners are probably into it because they're listening to you. Oh yeah. But uh, you know. Pick up something different off the off the shelf than you than, that you haven't. Sure, and you might find something that you love even more than you've had ever. We preach blending all the time. Like we, it's something that we do pretty regularly. We've made private, you know, whiskey whitetails labels for stuff that we've blended together, and and it's Patreon only stuff. You know, we don't sell anything, but just fun. Yeah. Just but have fun with it. Maybe one day we'll come yeah. to Doc Swenson's and uh, and do our own blend and leave with a couple bottles that we can uh, share. That would be super cool. Like I said, honestly, you're invited. Come check it out sometime. If you're ever in the Northwest, it's beautiful up here. Come in the summer. Uh, it's way better. It's only about two months long here. So. <laughs> what are those two months? Uh, after July 5th. Um, okay. So yeah, July, somewhere around July 5th to uh, mid-September really is, is, is kind of the lucky spots. August right. is pretty uh, slow for us. So maybe we'll, we'll next, we can't, we're, this year's crazy, but next year, August, uh, Perfect. We should plan something for next year in August. Yeah. Right. We'll have even more barrels here. Let me tell you. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. That'll be killer. Um, yeah. No, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you liked this one. This was, uh, like I said, it's a chewy whiskey. You got to hang out with it for a while. That's and let really, it sink in. Yeah, it's really good. I would love to pair that, like like you was talking with a meal. Um, I can think. I can think of a bunch of different things that would go well with that. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 very very good. You should definitely let us know on the drop so we can. Uh, 
Well, yeah, we'll sign up for uh, the Cool Guys Club and, uh, Perfect. and well, be able to get it. Obviously, y'all going to help me sell it because y'all say it's really good. So hopefully people will pick up the bottle of the shelf. Hey. <laughs> so it's people like you that really get to help 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 me get my oddball products off the shelf. And um, people <laughs> well, seem to really enjoy them. If we can get a bo- if we end up getting uh, the drop, you know, if, if we get the email in time and we can order a bottle, we will 100 percent promote that. It's yeah, uh, definitely both of these. Cool. These are both very good. I love them both. Yeah, I, I thank you. We free brand ambassadors for those two yeah. right there. Hey, we've got some. We'll up to, we'll get some swag items out there. You know, we'll we'll grease the wheels a bit. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, we we well, love giveaways too. What's that? We love giveaways too. So anything to anything to fund a giveaway. Cool. Yeah. Um. I'll talk to the to the team. We'll Let's talk to marketing, and uh, I'll get my marketing people in touch with your marketing people. Your marketing people. Perfect. <laughs> We are we are we are the marketing yeah, people, the, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be me. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a quarter of the marketing team myself. So yeah, I yeah. It. <laughs> it works. It works. You got to have your hands in everything in order for it to be successful. So I got yeah, one yeah, final mm-hmm. question, and then we'll let you go because I know it's I know you 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 don't want to sit here with us all night. The oh, future well, of whiskey. I've done some of these for hours. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I, think well, I had one last seven hours one time. So seven hours. Yeah, that was I think my record seven seven and a half hours. It was. I think I left at 3 a.m. Wow. That's specific time. So I, some of them were on the East Coast, just like yourself. So I know it's much later for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> if this is a weekend, we might would go seven hours, but we, we have real jobs that we have to attend to in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So do I. <laughs> if, we, if we ever do a Friday, maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to beat seven. That, oof, Let's do a 24-hour podcast. Oh, my gosh. I think you could hang. Maybe, yeah. It might be a lot of dead we'd air. Have have, we'd have to have a lot of guests. Yeah. <laughs> Could do it. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you just gotta get the crown together. Maybe yeah. Patreon. Yeah, we could do it with Patreon <laughs> that for might, sure. That might be a, a fun thing to do. Well, we're gonna do it anyway. I want to do. I want Patreon to uh, hang out with you and, and do a tasting as well. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be wonderful. I'd love to do that. We'll get we'll get together on that after this. So, one final question: the future of whiskey. What are we seeing? Um, and the crystal ball. Hopefully, <laughs> the future of whiskey. Uh, I actually, so uh, one of my goals at Doc Swinson's is to, or just in general is to open up, um, kind of like you were saying, like, uh, you get kind of not just a board of whiskey per se, but you drank a lot of it is to, to open up people's palates to new things. Um, blending is, is, is a stunning thing to be able to do. And I think the United States is finally like the blenders, in the United States are finally starting to become a thing and being recognized for it. I mean, there's a lot of great blenders out there. I mean, you know, Bardstown, for example, they do an excellent job of it. Um, barrel, um, uh, smoke wagon. Uh, I mean, uh, Magnus, et cetera. I mean, I think we do a pretty good job ourselves. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of cool is to get people who normally don't necessarily like bourbon too involved in this, because in the end, the more people that like whiskey, the more opportunity we have to, uh, um, to, to make cool new products that fit different people's, uh, you know, you know, what they think is really good. Um, so I, so I think that's one thing is, is to focus on opening up the market to more people who don't typically drink whiskey. I think it is growing. We see good growth in it. Um, the other thing is, uh, I, I really hope that prices can stabilize a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for example, barrel prices, um, have gone through the roof. I know some people are like, Oh, blenders and non-producers and stuff. Are, we're just gouging for money. Um, I can't speak for everybody on that, but I can tell you one thing we are not. Uh, we think we're pretty fair with our prices. Um, uh, all of our stuff typically, or most of our products range from anywhere from like 
depending on what state you're in for the record, but somewhere around 50 to, to $85 or so, which is, we think is really fair for the, for what we're putting on the market. Sure. Um, a couple of them reach in the hundreds just cause they're really old or they're incredibly rare. Yep. Um, but uh, I'm hoping, hoping whiskey, we can, we can find more whiskey available, especially older products and we could keep making good products. Um, I know there's some, some groups out there that, uh, kind of just check the box with a lot of things and it kind of gives some of us bad names. <laughs> so yep. I hope that maybe they disappear. <laughs> I hate to say it, but, yeah. um, uh, in the end, we just want to give you all good whiskey. So we actually just recorded a video link here for, uh, kind of the current market pricing and how inflation is affecting and, and how wholesale yeah. versus retail and the three tiered system. And we just did a video out on it earlier today, which, which is already out by the time this podcast comes out. But the, uh, yeah, it's, um, I wonder, it's going to change a lot. And I think that the uh, bourbon boom is going to end pretty soon only because of how much is changing. And I think that the inflation costs, a lot of people aren't spending the money that they were. And I, I just, it looks downhill. I don't know that it'll be like in the next six months, but, you know, it looks like it's uh, it's on the way out. Yeah. And it, sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes those things are okay. They're a little bit of restarts. Um, it can yep. knock out some of the not so great players too. Sure. And then hopefully leave it, leave that road open for, for those of us who are for Doc Swenson's. Good products. For, Doc Swenson's, <laughs> for other people too. I'm just, I yeah, learned yeah. a lot from, from oh, no, I got a you. lot of other blenders you. out there. We have a PR uh, person too. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think, it, I think you'll see those prices kind of stabilize out, but yep. I, that's not really my side of the business either. There. Um, I just hope good whiskey keeps coming out on yeah. the market. More people get interested in it. You get to do the fun part. One of them, yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse, we really appreciate all the time you spent with us. We cannot wait to do uh, hopefully another podcast in the future, but also the thing with the uh, Patreon. And I, and we're, these two bottles are going to end up at our uh, doorsteps at some point. Heck yeah, for sure. I love it. Love to hear that. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. No, thank absolutely. you for coming. Yep. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Goodbye. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.